Hi guys and welcome back to the Dream Fitness Podcast. It is episode two today. We are here very early in the morning. Let's be honest, brains aren't working, but Will, what's going on on the pod today? Well, it's 7am in the morning, Chloe, um, and we have a very special guest today. Thank you for introducing me today, I appreciate that. I didn't have to introduce myself. Thank you for introducing me. Um, so today we have a very special, special guest. I'm just going to say hi guys. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm waiting for the, uh, the introduction. I'm Connor. I'm one of the coaches here at Dream Fitness. Um, and I've been invited today, as we say very early on a Sunday morning, to get the podcast sorted this morning. Mate, we can tell by your voice, we can tell by <laughs> when did you wake up about, oh, I've not got my watch I on. I think but... I literally just rolled out of bed. Did so, yeah, I only live a few Con- minutes Connor's away. hair is in a very nice, slicked back, bun kind of look today. It's not his usual flowing locks. <laughs> um. <laughs> yeah, do, do the wash fairly soon. Uh, do the revitalisation of all of those such as waves and locks, I think. How many so. weeks? Three? Three weeks under the wash? Or? <laughs> No, yeah, it's not washing itself now. <laughs> he said it's going to be washed soon, so I just thought, I don't know, how long has it been? Yeah, it doesn't usually happen. It doesn't usually happen. So. No? So, uh, anyway, guys, <laughs> we're going to be chatting to Connor a little bit today, um, just about himself, about his backstory and fitness, how he got into the gym, how he became one of the coaches here at the gym. Um, so, Connor, tell us a little bit about yourself, pre-gym Connor. Okay. Yeah, so I started at the gym at 2016, but before then, I had quite a big fitness background. My family were very much into football. Uh, some of them played professionally uh, for a couple of teams as well. So I had that background, tried a little bit of football when I was around about six, seven, and I just couldn't really get into those team sports. Uh, I don't know whether that was because... I'm just not very talkative with other people. I don't work well with them. Um, but we ended up finding that when I went to school, there was these leaflets which came out and it was to do with karate. So we called them up that day and I attended. And I went from there and I did karate for 10 years um, and achieved my black belt and so on before joining the gym. Uh, so that's kind of my background, just fitness and karate and stuff like that. and more so just training by yourself and, and having that little discipline to be able to train and keep going, keep determined. So that's what I did, mm. predominantly through fitness. I think that the fact that you did karate for a hell of a long time probably has driven that dedication into you, hasn't it? Because that is a lot of um, discipline-based, um, could you say exercise, I suppose you could say? Yeah, yeah. so yeah, it's a lot of fitness. Um, being able to be disciplined, doing the same thing almost week in, week out, just to perfect movements. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that ties in very nicely to what I'm doing now with powerlifting um, and competing, doing pretty much the same thing rather than having something change week in, week out um, and being bored with it. So knowing that you're always progressing and have that element of fitness as well to keep yourself moving. Um, and have multiple goals, so little by little, uh, keep building up, but you have a main goal, for example, be a black belt, or uh, even if we're running a marathon or something, you won't be running a marathon all the time, just get quicker splits, and then you can move on to there um, when you get to it, so yeah, I think it's helped especially for dedication, determination, that sort of thing. Because mm, 10 years is a long time, obviously, when you're from the age of, you know, say 6 to 16, it's a long time to continue any kind of 
um, out of school hobby or mm. you know whatever it may be. I I danced when I was younger and I did dance it for um, mm. well from a, a much younger age. Um, in terms of I was in a push chair and I was there, so I was just kind of as soon as I could walk off you go. But it's a long time to stick with something which you don't see in a lot of kids. I don't think mm. um, unless like you know, you've got that that constant uh, dedication there, and I suppose the drive for the those little goals, like you say, the different belts and working your way up yeah. through it. Um, so yeah, it's a, a great achievement. Um, one thing I would love to touch on, Connor, because you mm. talk about it briefly, is obviously even before you maybe got into your fitness, yeah. your granddad. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about him, because he was into yeah. his fitness, wasn't he? Yeah, so my granddad, he's got loads of stories anyway, but uh, he's a previous uh, Mr. Universe competitor uh, in bodybuilding, but even before that, he uh, used to play for Western Australia when he had to move to Australia for a little bit. Uh, Compete there for a few years and when he came back in his early 20s he decided to take up bodybuilding uh, in order to do that though he went to a gym <coughs> excuse me and uh, basically what happened was he thought there was gymnastics going on uh, so he went to Littlehampton went to this gym and turns out rather than having the gym day uh, so gymnastics it was actually training uh, so bodybuilding weights etc and he actually accidentally found the, the sport. So he went on the wrong day. Turns out he ended up being quite good at it. He's only five foot two, uh, so really small. I don't, yeah, I don't get the best genes for height. But um, <laughs> yeah, uh, and he used to compete around about nine stone 10, so very lightweight man. Um, and he ended up, um, when they used to train, rather than having powerlifting and that sort of thing, they did have a strength sport as well as a bodybuilding so what they used to do is run about four weeks they'd do a little bit of strength and then they'd do hypertrophy afterwards in the next four weeks and he used to compete in in that their full power which used to be the strict curl squats and bench press and then he also used to do bodybuilding um, so he competed in that got that all sorted and when he started to do bodybuilding a lot more he ended up competing um, and yeah, finally got into Mr. Universe. Unfortunately, he does have a story that when he did get to one of the finals, he did have one of the better physiques. However, he was downvoted because of his height at the mm. time, um, because they saw that uh, a man of five foot two shouldn't be allowed the Mr. Universe title. Yeah, so um, for that kind of stature, they want they wanted literally a statuesque yeah. male, didn't they? You know, the the height, the lat spread. So yeah. people like. Arnie back in his day, and then you've got um, people like Callum, Callum Von, can't think of his I name, can't, can't he's just ripped his bicep like several times, <laughs> but anyway, he is like the, the present day Arnold, he has that same kind of physique and the, you know, the, the Kendall mm. kind of face. Literally <laughs> the looks. everything. Yeah, yeah. Um, he did compete once uh, along uh, David Prowse, which was the uh, previous... Green Cross Coke Man, which ended up being the basically the costume and the guy underneath the costume for Darth Vader um, in all of the older series, so from four, five, and six. And there's a quite good photo, even on my Instagram actually, of those two competing next to each other. And the, the height difference is extraordinary. <laughs> I think it was like five, six, five, seven. Uh, no, sorry, six, five, six, seven. And yeah, granted, five foot two, so really, really small, but did really well. 
And then even with strength, um, he managed to curl a 70 kilo uh, strict curl. Uh, so that was obviously against the wall, no movement there whatsoever. And he ended up breaking the British record for five minutes until we were broken again, uh, uh-huh. which was a shame for him. <laughs> but yeah, like crazy to even think of, because that's 10 kilos above his body weight at the time. Mm. Mad. Yeah, that's 10 insane. kilos above, you're, you're pretty much curling. Ima- yeah, imagine not swinging <laughs> and actually doing a heavy weight, right? So, <laughs> yeah. I mean, that must be incredible, incredible motivation for you. You know, what he achieved was amazing. Yeah. And I think for you, do you feel like that is a massive motivation for you with your powerlifting? Um, I think, I don't know, I kind of forget about it a lot of the time because I'm very much used to it. But I think it's really nice that I'm actually doing something which he used to really enjoy and was really competitive and good at. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of people in my family, I've got a lot of cousins and stuff, um, and all of them decided to go into the, the football route and they're all very good at it as well but no one really decided to go for that fitness um, and that determination uh, with doing like shank sports or anything like that. Um, but yeah, definitely. Um, I know with certain numbers, like for example, squat and stuff, he didn't have the most optimal squat in the world, um, but he still managed to squat quite big numbers. So even getting to the point of even trying to chase some of those and then look at body weight as well and see what he did. Uh, I know one number, for example, his squat, I think when he was around early 20s, so around about 21, 22, 23, he squatted, I think, believe 182 kilos. Um, he isn't very good at keeping it high back, it usually comes quite low, but uh, he was only 9 stone 10, <laughs> so that was about 3 times body weight at the time, which is, what well, I'd have to do a, a 210 kilo, and they didn't have any of the equipment we did, so really massive yeah, respect to them. this sport has changed, so that probably would have been your original kind of strongman type mm. um you know competition so yeah it's pretty impressive pretty impressive and although we always joke we, we jest with your height you know yeah. you say it's a disadvantage but actually for your sport it's a huge yeah. advantage Massive. in powerlifting because you've got that you have got that classic explosive yeah. power when you're doing your personal trainer qualification like level three they talk about you know your different um energy systems yeah. and you are you know yeah, it's a typical, <laughs> there with like, explosive. explosive. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So although we we always give you a little bit of banter for your for your height, we're just jealous, really, because <laughs> you don't have to move as far. But yeah, I, I I mean yeah, we compete in uh, weight categories and powerlifting. So if someone else is seventy four kilos and I'm seventy four kilos, but I have less to move um, and more muscle mass for for that area as well, then it should be a lot more. That's why where those weights come in a lot yes. better. Uh, otherwise, you go to those heavier weights, and yeah, if you've got someone smaller than you and they still wear the same weight, it, yeah, they've got a big advantage, so it makes a big difference. It didn't used to be like that, though, did you? It used to be the same weight as well, well, what I was now. It used to be 55 kilos, didn't you, when you were. Yeah, yeah, I did. Uh, when I finished up karate and stuff, um, I did actually keep doing stuff until I was 18, um, so well, it was about 10, 12 years, that type of yeah. thing. Um, and yeah, so I went into the gym. I signed up here in Dream Fitness uh, in 2016. Um, it was round about Easter, so a little while ago now. And we signed up, Now I was 55 kilos, I believe, uh, around that weight, so mm. around about eight stone 12. And I stayed that for a good while um, until we eventually decided to pick up 
weights and start moving and the biggest thing I was very much like a hard gainer like some of the others uh, yeah. trying to actually eat a lot more food but once I got into that calorie surplus and maintained that for a long period of time I'm now weighing around about 70 kilos mm-hmm. uh, so yeah a good 15 kilos on top and for a small frame as well that's quite large so being able to have that definitely in the overweight category for BMI um, but obviously those distributions, muscle mass, fat mass is completely different as well. So We don't worry too much about the MI here. Oh, so. we're fat. <laughs> <laughs> That's our experience, oh, okay. isn't it? <laughs> um, I think, obviously, before you did do powerlifting, though, you were doing a little bit of CrossFit, weren't you? So Yeah, so just before powerlifting, I did a little bit of CrossFit. I did it for around about 18 weeks, mm. and I was learning handstand walks, um, Obviously, doing pull-ups and then handstand push-ups and that type of thing, snatch, clean and jerk. Mm. It was really fun. I did really enjoy it, but I found I got quite fatigued very quickly. Yeah. Now, that was probably an inexperienced thing, not actually um, going slower and feeling like you have to push all of the time. But when I was doing it, it did give me the love for strength training. I did really enjoy it. I just wanted to get to the weights every time I was doing yeah. stuff. Maybe a little bit of gymnastics, like the handstand push-up, that type of thing. But then as soon as we got onto the weights, like I just really, really enjoyed it. And then soon after, decided to do a little strength program. And then um, I found out that one of our coaches in Selzy, uh, Christina, did powerlifting as well. So I picked her brains a little bit, didn't really know what the what it was and then I asked her about it and she said basically you pick up heavy weights so uh, you do squat bench <laughs> dead and you you kind of just get your, your biggest number and I was like well that's what I wanted to do I didn't know there was a, a sport for it so yeah and it favours the small person so it's not so bad absolutely so obviously off the back of that we went in March of 2019 mm-hmm. to your first powerlifting competition how long did you train leading up to that? I can't remember. That's a good question. Um, I believe it was around about, oh yeah, uh, it would have been around December the, the previous year. So it would have been 2018, wouldn't it? Yeah. Um, I believe I started powerlifting around about December, January um, 2018 to 2019, um, early 2019. And so I trained from January to March I trained myself, so I didn't have a coach or anything. Uh, so a little bit of inexperience building up to it. Um, and as we were building, some movements were doing great, some movements weren't. Um, but we kind of just went with it and found some decent numbers. Because if some of you don't know, powerlifting, basically, when you go into competition, you do three attempts on a squat, three attempts on your bench press, and three attempts on your deadlift. And once you decide that weight at the beginning, uh, you have to hit that and then you can go up from there or repeat the same weight. If you do miss a weight, you can't drop the weight down. And you basically, if you can't hit them after three, then obviously you would, you would fail and you wouldn't total in the competition. So I went in and I was training um, for it for around about three months or so. Getting there, I changed up my deadlift. I was gonna pull sumo. Um, it got four weeks up to the comp date and I was like, I can't pull sumo, uh, it hurts too much, I'm going straight to back to conventional. But I just, my legs weren't strong enough for it. Um, so a four week change isn't always the best before comp, but it seemed to work. Mm-hmm. And yeah, we went to our first comp, it was in Dover, uh, mm-hmm. competing in the IPF. Um, 
under 23s and under 74 kilo category. I think I weighed in at 69 kilos. Mm. And we went in, Chloe came with me. I had my cousin with me as well uh, for some support. It was really weird, wasn't it? Going in there and actually seeing how everything worked. I think the, the most stressful thing is, especially for a first comp, if you don't have anyone which knows what they're doing with you, you're just learning everything and you have to take in all those stresses. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So taking those stresses, having to think about what you're going to lift as well. So I did it. I went in, I did my squats. Uh, I got new PB on that and missed my last one. So I think I did the 160 at the time. And I went into my bench press and... The thing is with bench press is they're very strict with rules, so you have to keep your bum on the bench and you have to have a around about a second pause until they tell you to push off. Now the problem was is I selected a weight which I thought would be really, really comfortable. Uh, I wasn't used to competition and I wasn't used to the rules and I couldn't hit my bench press for my first rep. So I was like, okay, we'll go for it again, we'll see how we go. Second, again we went halfway up and we just couldn't push it. And then I did end up failing my last lift as well. So I completely messed up my whole uh, first comp. Didn't total at all. Um, there were a few tears as well. Uh, it was just a lot of emotion stresses. Um, but then we had a few of the judges, Chloe, obviously yourself as well, just chat to us and just go, you know what, you can still do your deadlift. It's not going to count towards a full total, but there are more competitions. Don't worry about it. It's your first one. And we ended up getting a massive PB uh, of my first ever 200 kilo deadlift, uh, 202 I think it was. Yeah, 202.5. And yeah, so I think it was a really good story not to give up, but also it happens to a lot of people. It doesn't happen to everyone. I compete at a good standard now. um, And the only reason because of that and why I work so hard on my bench press as well is because I, I didn't total once and... Yeah, you don't want to ever be in that situation, but it does happen. So you're not always going to get everywhere you want to, but just a little bit more hard work and determination, you'll be fine. So, mm. yeah. I think it's when you go into a, an event, especially when you're first going, it is purely, obviously there are some people that do get you know, really good totals or yeah. you know, get good times or whatever in their first event. Sometimes that happens. But I think you've got to use it as a learning curve when yeah. you first go into an, in an event I mean obviously and this is about you but when I went into my first uh, marathon you know it was 100% a learning curve I went in exactly the same way that you went in I was thinking cool I'm going to run this I'm going to get this in four hours yeah. and actually it was probably the biggest um, emotional physically challenging thing that I'd ever done um so definitely, when you first go into an event, it's going to be a learning curve. You're going to have to learn how to uh, lift, in a way, in terms of, of in an event kind yeah. of style. Um, but you still did incredible. You, know, you still did incredible. Yeah. Bear in mind that it was your first event. Bear in mind you'd only been training for three months. Yeah, you know, three months is nothing. Changing, no, exactly, exactly. Changing up your deadlift four weeks before you know, back to conventional from, you've probably been training for three months trying to do, trying to do sumo. So yeah. actually in that, and then smashing it and getting a PV for, for your deadlift is incredible, bearing in mind you changed it. Mm-hmm. So it's always important to keep 
thinking that your first event, even up to your second, third event, is going to be yeah. a learning curve. You are going to have to learn how to lift in an event style for the next, yeah. say, year, two years. And then look at where it's brought you now. Yeah. Think about how incredible you're doing now with your lifting. You know, the other day, me and Chloe and, and Gary went downstairs to, to watch you do your, uh, was it, it was singles, singles for squat on it. And it was nuts, absolutely nuts. Bear in mind, you know, you said that you maxed out, at, you say one... 180 last year. 180 last right. year. That was easy, easy. You did three at 180 this, this week, right? And so. it was fast. Like yeah. Last, when you did it, obviously, for your, for your comp, obviously I was there. Actually, just a quick disclaimer, we'll put the link for the video that we created from that competition. You can see baby Connor with his <laughs> short hair. Um, and yeah, just kind of get a feel for the powerlifting experience. But yeah, obviously you did, you attempted your 180 because your previous, I can't remember what the weight was, I'm sorry. Yeah, so the e previous squat e was. even in comp, um, the max comp weight I've done is 170. Yeah. So it was last year, as you say, 180, which I got in the gym. That's right. Oh, okay. Sorry, I was confused. It's okay. 168, your first comp. That's it. That's one. it. So 20 kilos on your... Isn't that about a year? It's <laughs> a lot. Wow. Yeah. I'm like, can I have some of that, please? <laughs> when is it my go? <laughs> but yeah, they're really impressive. And, you know, going back to what you guys were just saying, it, it, you have to... Although there's always going to be a little part of your ego that says, win it, win it. Yeah. <laughs> well, you have to take those first competitions as 100% experience absorption. Because like you say, the stresses of competition, where do you need to go, getting yourself organised. Yeah. You probably don't sleep right because, you know, you've got, or you've got travel or, you know, um, in things like powerlifting, obviously sometimes they do water loading yeah. or, you know, whatever it might be to hit your weight and... Well, yeah, those kind you, of factors yeah uh, I would say biggest advice for anyone specifically powerlifting uh, obviously it would be completely different than other sports it is a weight category sport so find something which you're comfortable in but for the first few years just gain experience just don't worry about the weight categories you're not trying to beat any records you're not going to beat any records for your first one unless you're a genetically a monster and you've been like working on a farm for like 20 years um, farm yeah uh, just manual labour so um yeah, just get some experience. Don't worry about weight categories for at least uh, a year to two years. And I would say my best advice as well was actually finding a coach which did the sport. Mm -hmm. um, just being able to talk to someone about something. And for my next competition after that, um, I had him the whole way through uh, with a team of us. And we were just all working together. I didn't have to think about anything. He set my numbers for me. He told me where to go and when to do it. If I needed to weigh in, he'd shout at me. If I needed to get ready for a lift, um, tell me when I get my music ready and, and then lift and go from there. So, uh, and just little tips and cues. Uh, I'd definitely say that was the biggest thing and biggest help. If you want to get better at a sport, uh, find someone with more knowledge than you have and then go from there. We're all building knowledge. We're all trying to get better at our different disciplines. And that's more so from having a good coaching experience. That's made me want to be a better coach as well. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, take away that stress from yourself. Like we always talk about, even um, from a total gym beginner, when you come mm. into the gym, don't come into the gym and try and program yourself because it is it That's is a pain cool. in the bum and it makes your life really hard. And if you don't know where to begin, how could you possibly program? I mean, you can go on, you know, you can go on uh, bodybuilding.com and get a basic split. But, um, you know, when you're training yourself, definitely... 
if you have the money that you can invest in yourself, invest in yourself because it will make a big difference to your progress in the gym or if you then lead into going into uh, sport, you know, don't... Um, don't stress yourself. Relax. Let somebody else take care of it for you. I mean, pretty much <laughs> all three of us have gone, I don't want to do this. Uh, just give someone else the money and, and go do it. You mm -hmm. know, like, do it for us. We can program, but w especially when it comes to yourself, knowing yourself, you know maybe one week, if you program something a little heavier, uh, for example, with weights, uh, you might be like, actually, no, I, I should probably lower that down. And you're you you're not going to help those weaknesses as you go through. Having someone else to do it, giving them the full reins of what's going to happen, is going to make it so much easier for you. You don't have to think about it. You just do. And if it doesn't work out, then you can play around it from there. So yeah, even even as a team, it's been nice. Obviously, yesterday I was um, looking at my deadlifts and some some bench tips and things like that. You know, just um, having someone else. Especially if you've got an online coach yeah. and you're sending off videos, but if you've got a physical, uh, you know, personal trainer with you, having someone else watching you perform the exercise, they're gonna see things that you would never see. So I always joke that I go, I'm blind when I look at myself. I can't see what I'm doing wrong because I'm too fixated on watching me. Because you know, it's a bit self-obsessed. So that's yeah. okay. I say yeah. that. um, that's okay, Chloe. That's okay. And that's fine. <laughs> I'm, I'm, you know, I'm content with that. That's okay. <laughs> but no, having somebody else look at the way you're moving, they're going to look at you differently with a new set of eyes. So it is very different having somebody else to do your program for you, or you know, getting advice from other people. And anything you're doing wrong, it hasn't not happened before. So mm. you're not going to ever get looked and be judged because. Nine times out of ten, everyone's made this mistake once or twice before. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, we wouldn't yeah. be able to spot the the tweak in form if we hadn't seen it before. Yeah. Because otherwise, you wouldn't know what it is. Yeah, you wouldn't know what the right one is. So mm. yeah, it just makes a difference. For sure. Talking about obviously uh, training, programming, Connor, you're no longer an apprentice. No longer. You have apprentice. qualified as a fully fledged. Koala. Fledgling, Koala. level three personal trainer. <laughs> Woo! Let's go back into that a little bit. Let's let's go back to obviously when you first started your apprenticeship and, and coming back into there. Um, what made you want to come a PT? Um, become a PT. There you become go. a PT. Uh, when I was actually at school, um, I did discuss it with my mum and that all. When, when <laughs> that lot, family, what's family? You know, mum and that lot. Um, yeah, I did discuss it when I was younger. It's because I'm thinking going back when I when I used to be more of a chubby. Um, and yeah, I, I used to be at school and I was into sports, did all that sort of thing, and it did actually cross my mind to do it because I'd already been teaching with karate, so I used to teach everyone that, and I I started doing that when I was fourteen. And I really enjoyed teaching, but not so much enjoyed always teaching kids. Mm -hmm. um, not because it's um, anything against them. Some of them which want to learn, it's really great. But especially when you're teaching adults, if someone seeks you out or wants to be trained, uh, they will learn, they will absorb. Um, mm -hmm. And that's great. You know, want to be a teacher and then go 
hears everything and they just don't take any of it in, don't want to learn and just waste your time. Especially with kids as well. Yeah. And as a 14 year old trying to teach children, you don't have the tolerance. No, yeah, I think we gained a lot of patience (laughs) from from that point in my age. Um, And yeah, I I did think about it. I was then working in retail for a couple of years after sixth form. well, actually, no, it was only just a year. Uh, I went straight from sixth form into work the same week. Um, and I did have a few ideas of almost going to like drama school. Uh, so I went a completely different way. Yeah. Um, I decided not to. I was like, you know what, actually, let's think about this a little bit more. Let's take a year or two. The, the arts definitely helps when you're a personal trainer because it gives you a little bit of charisma. So it does. It makes sense to me. It does. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, did it? Yeah, you can imagine just doing that and going straight to PT. Um, <laughs> but that is completely different. Not in West End. Um, so yeah, I went to retail and then I saw vacancies for an apprenticeship uh, coming up here. I actually got a message by my auntie and my mum because I knew we'd had the conversation before. And then once we spoke about it a little bit more in depth and in length, I was actually considering doing it even if I wasn't taken on here. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I would have pursued the course and then gone from there. And it did, it just made um, made sense. Uh, I'd already done a lot of uh, coaching stuff in the past. Yeah. Um, I enjoy doing it. And it was uh, something which I was enjoying more and more at the time. But... It was learning. I didn't have a niche at that point. I didn't have powerlifting or anything. I was just more so a normal gym girl, which wanted to go a little bit more. So it was. I was definitely very lucky uh, to get the opportunity to come in here. And how close it is, and it was already the gym which I already trained at. Um, and yeah, from there it just it just made a whole lot of difference. And here we are today, really. Mm. It's not a bad thing that you don't need a niche. You know, when you first start, mm. you you are. I didn't know what my niche was. I knew that I liked running, but I didn't necessarily have a niche that I thought, oh, I don't want to 100% go down that route. Only in the last two years that I've actually started thinking, okay, I want to do something a little bit more running specific. Um, You know, having that passion for for sport and having that passion for for training is, is enough to you know, get you through what you yeah. want, to, want to try and do, you know, it's, it's good. It's portraying it, isn't it? Of course. Showing people how much it actually does mean to you. And that, I know there's a lot of trainers in the industry, there's a lot of competition, um, but I think it's really just showing people, if that's what you want, like, just go get it and mm. just tell everyone that that is exactly what you want. And it's not just a one-off thing, it's not just because you like training, that like, you do want to go further with it as well. Yeah, yeah, that's a big thing as well, you know, you've got... Obviously, you did the two-year apprenticeship. Will, you did yours in, in college. Yeah, for two years. I was years. a little bit later to the party. I'd already done college and worked and then travelled and kind of came back and got the nine-to-five job, which I thought was going to enjoy and mm. thought weekends off, evenings free. This is boring. Mm. Um, and, yeah, that was when I kind of pushed then get my own cert because, you know, similar to you guys, you're kind of in the gym and you're really enjoying it. Um, but that that is something you do have to be wary of. I think Mm. as a fitness enthusiast that loves the gym, working in a gym is not the same as going to work somewhere somewhere else and training maybe twice a day in the gym. It's not the same at all. Mm. So that is something to consider. Your training is 
often, especially in the very beginning, very much affected by being in the gym a lot more than you were before. Yeah. So if you love if you love fitness, um, don't think about whether you like training yourself. Think about whether you would like to help other people because that is what you're doing. It's it, you're not the number one priority anymore. You know your clients are. So mm. becoming a personal trainer, that's something to think about. Just it just suddenly popped into my head. Yeah, so you know you had two years to think about that. Yeah. So yeah, we're still here. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think yeah, especially with uh, coaching and stuff like that, and working in in the gym, it isn't nine to five. It, no, it's not absolutely, absolutely it's, not. It's twenty four hours. Yeah, it's all. It's so that's why we're here at seven a.m. on a Sunday morning. That's the thing, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, the only free time we have. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's good to keep busy, and I think it's nice to have that freedom as well. Once you get used to it, um, knowing when you do have days off, obviously you're gonna a lot for that, or you may even want to be a personal trainer as well. Mm. Um, and especially if you are good at your job, you can get that business as well, then as well if you wanted to. So you can kind of pick and choose how much you want to work or not work. So really, really nice in that respect as well. So. Yeah. I mean, for me, I don't know about you guys, but I, when, I, when I wanted to start becoming a PT, I, I was a little bit lost on what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. I wasn't very academic. I wasn't very um, clever in terms of school or college or university. And I had to ask myself, I was thinking, okay, what do I actually want to do? What do I actually want to become? And, and that's when obviously I found that I wanted to do PT because I knew that I loved helping people. I knew that I loved getting in and going to the gym. I knew I loved my running. Um, so that kind of influenced me for sure. You know, it's a little bit like what you were saying, you know, influenced by your granddad, influenced by um, your nine till five job, you know, for sure. <laughs> Close, yeah. nodding her head, just yeah. shaking. I her. think if you if you do go down the personal training route, you, you're probably going to find that those types of jobs are not for you. Working mm. nine to five, uh, yeah, of is course, very very difficult mm. because we all have a certain kind of personality in which you know being cooped up for um, seven and a half hours mm. of the day is a long time, um, and being within that office environment. Although we have an office environment yeah. here we can leave the office we teach a class you know we chat to somebody Uh, there's is a lot involved in it which there also is in that normal kind of office setting Mm -hmm. um but it's around something that you really love and it you know i'm not talking to someone about their payments for their council tax you know Mm -hmm. i'm talking to someone about their training program and how they can achieve their goals to you know whether it's go to a competition or you know whatever it is inside the gym you're actually everyone's trying about something you love. Well, <laughs> yes. Everyone's completely different. Yeah. Everyone's got different goals. Yeah. So. Yeah, and I was exactly the same as you guys. You know, I came into the gym. I was doing my qualification, and uh, you know, people are saying, "Oh yeah, at some point you'll find what your niche is." And I was like, <laughs> "Yeah, yeah." yeah. Uh, <laughs> hmm, okay. What's that? I don't know what that is. And then actually, I you know you kind of already know a little bit. Yeah. If you've already been training for a long time, I knew that I liked to help other other you know females. Female physique is more interesting to me than males. Sorry guys, I'm not going to train you. That's not for me. Um, <laughs> but you know, you like you say, you know, you come into the gym as a new a newcomer, and you have your experiences, and then you often want to help people with those experiences yourself. So, you know, being a female training in the gym, I wanted to help other females get confident in that setting. You know. 
you've now got your powerlifting wheel, you've now niched into your running, things like that. So mm. it's nice that, like you say, it does take a little bit of time and there's no, I don't think there's any time limit no. on how long it takes you to find that. You know, if it takes you dotting around from a few different, uh, whether it be sports styles mm. or, yeah. you know, weight loss is always going to be a constant in the gym because that is a majority of people's goals. Mm. Um, but then from there, you can really start to be like, okay, well, actually, this person lost weight with me and now they want to do this, and actually, I really like that, so let's pursue yeah. that. So, you have yeah. more like minded people you work with as well. Yes. So, you have usually with that, you may have similar or diversifying personalities, usually more similar than anything else, and you get to work with people which you may enjoy working with. And I think that's the best thing about finding something eventually mm. is that not only are they doing the same sport as you or the same type of training but they enjoy a lot of the very similar things to you and they're probably going to be a positive um, person in your life in order to for your own training or for your own personal development mm -hmm. uh, becoming a coach as well so I think obviously we've me and Chloe have especially spoken about it but I think to be a PT you've got to have that ride or die mentality and we talk about it a hell of a lot in the office and stuff that we are ride and die for our clients. We are ride or die for, for this place. We love this place and we love what we do. And I think that is such an important part of becoming a PT. And you know, the, the reason why we all connect well together is because we are all the same. We all want the best for everyone in this place, whether it be your PT clients, whether it be people signing up, whether it be people in classes, etc we want those people to have the best experience that they can and i think that's why a lot of people do fall out of personal training because they think money 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 that's all i care about i want to get 45 pound an hour i want to have them two three times a week and that's all i care about is, is the monetary exactly the monetary form of what they're trying to uh, trying to achieve is is nothing to do with what the client wants mm -hmm. but for for what we want to try and achieve um, is we want to we want the best for those people and to have that as a trait as a personal trainer personally for me is super important and super valuable to have mm. you you've know? got to be tenacious yeah to last it out because exactly the same as training your motivation will not last forever mm. and in those lower days when you think yeah. oh what have I done maybe I should have just stayed in my nine to five where mm. I was paid for the hours that I worked you know, 28 days holiday, weekends off, evenings free, have dinner with your family, and maybe that was what I should have been doing. But then actually, you think, well, could I go back there right now? <laughs> no. Imagine, imagine going back take there. me back, Imagine being all. a key worker as well. Like, I would struggle, I would struggle. Yeah. Like, it's really, really hard, really hard to just have that nine to five, and as you say, just doing the same thing day in, day out, and some of us have obviously experienced it more than others and having I mean you enjoy your weekends off and it's great but when you do have to work your weekends you struggle whereas when you do have more free reigns to do what you want to do even though it comes with more so as you say you were talking about ride or die uh, financial impact if you don't get work or anything like that mm -hmm. it does make a big difference that you can actually choose what you want to do so, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and obviously the choice there. You you, when you're choosing your hours, you're not going to be choosing in the first you know maybe one to two years. 
it's very much you know you kind of do as much as you can so you will give a lot more before you get in personal training um and in fact that's that's going to be the same for fitness in general you know you're going to give a lot more before you get Mm. what you want to see you know those results don't happen overnight once you get into a comfortable position then you can kind of say well actually you know what i'm going to take a day off today Mm. um don't not have days off in your training though have days off rest rest um but in terms of just the the business element of personal training uh you very much you're going to be on the clock a lot of the time and actually i think uh, i know for myself i find if i have a day off i'm like well what do i do now (laughs) yeah absolutely no 100 percent like having when i last tuesday yeah I, i spent the whole day with with amelia and i was like Oh, should I actually be doing this? This doesn't feel right. Like I should be, yeah. should be doing something. Like, have I got programs to be doing? Or have I got? <laughs> not being productive. Yeah, why? Well, I don't feel like I'm being productive at all. Obviously, I had a lovely day, but <laughs> I was like, oh, I, don't I think know, I don't know. the first Saturday off I've had in ages. Yesterday, and I think most of the day I I came into the gym. <laughs> you were uh, still in the PT in the morning. <laughs> uh, so yeah, PT in the morning. I then trained. I took ages training, and, and then went home. As well. Yeah, yeah, PTG as well, and then went home, and I was like, right, so yeah, we sit down, and yeah, finish programming, so uh, I think I finished by about three o'clock, so it's like, it's basically a full day, right? I love it, I love it, sometimes when I sit down at the table, and I'm like, tapping away, doing stuff, I'm thinking, yeah, I'm doing this, like, this is is what I want to do, yes, this is what I want to do. We sound like such geeks, don't we? (laughs) PT geeks, I like it. That well, is the the difference between loving your job though yeah. and being in a job where you think, oh, do I have to get up? Yeah. Like, what excuse yeah. can I find to not go to work? Yeah, today? yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, so you've only been in the industry for two years, Connor. What is it right now? Could you say was is the thing that you love the most about being a PT? Love the most. Um, that's a really quite good question. I think it's as we said, the freedom to do a lot of things, mm-hmm. even though that could be not always the best because sometimes you have to work hours which you don't want to work. And we all get that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, what I think I really like is, as I say, the freedom to do anything you want. You can choose what you want to be passionate in and whatever you are passionate in, you can do with your clients. You can, obviously, when you get started, be more so you need everyone you can and then kind of slowly get all of the people which are more so interested in for example powerlifting or running or women's physique and you can kind of go from there but i think it's really nice that you can choose how you want to do everything you can program how you like to program the different training systems you like to do you can find hours which could be best for you and the client but where you're both mutually happy as well because that's the biggest thing as well, having both parties happy. Um, even something really nice, like if there's been a cancellation a week prior, and then all of a sudden I message a client, and I'm like, do you want to start an hour later, get a little bit late? And they're like, yeah, great, cool, let's go. Um, and just those little things, um, you can just choose what you want to do, or if you want to fill up spaces, you can. And just being able to talk to people and enjoy stuff and meet a lot of different people with mm. different ages, and have something mutually in common is so good and they're people you probably never would have met mm. in your life otherwise and I think 
they impact you a lot more than probably what it seems at first as well. So, mm. um, yeah, it's really good. Would you say that if we weren't part of Green Fitness, that we would, would we, us three right now in this room, do you reckon we'd be friends? Oh yeah, definitely not. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. 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 I cannot. I annoy. Yeah, I annoy yeah. Chloe in the best of times, so I don't think it's going to be. Uh... Yeah, but I think that's what's so great about it as well, though, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, I mean, you know, maybe if you'd have gone down the, you know, the arts road, yeah. maybe, maybe we would have crossed paths in college. Dance, but yeah. yeah, I mean. God knows what we'd be doing. No, exactly. I might have gone back travelling if I hadn't have come here, so mm. yeah. Yeah, I might exactly. have been somewhere else in the world. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. How crazy is that, eh? That's nuts. If you think about it that way, like we would, none of us would have been, well, probably yeah. not even having contact, you know? Yeah. I know Colin, we went to the same school, but yeah, I, I don't actually remember really well. seeing you ever. I was quite small though, because. So oh yeah, sorry, small. that's the reason. Yeah. So, anyone know where Connor is? Can't see you, mate. Down here. <laughs> um, wow. Well, that was a that was a good little insight into, into Connor today, eh? Don't clap your hands. Two little fingers. Two fingers. <laughs> um, but no, have you got anything else to add at all, or are you fairly happy? Um, I think that's pretty much everything. Uh, it turns into a lot of personal training in general, and to be fair, at the end of the day, that's what we're all passionate about. Yeah. And we love Jack to a podcast. So yeah. Uh, to be fair, I mean, there's a uh, there's probably a lot of people listening which may even be interested in possibly pursuing it on yeah. stage. Mm. Um, if you're in, enjoying fitness. Um, look at it but it's not always easy you're not always going to get everything you want but if you're 100% committed and I mean like 100% and that's what you really want yeah you've got to you've got to go all in if you're if you're half in I think the biggest thing getting in with the industry is actually being at the gym which you're going to be working in uh, and making contacts because even if at the beginning you're not getting any clients but you're talking to people you're getting to know people once you start working with people on the gym floor, people then see how you work with other people and if they would be interested in doing that with you, whether it's because they want to do the sport, specifically what you do, or whether it's just because you sound really good when you're talking about stuff and they're like, you know what, you, you'll work well with me, I need some help, let's, let's go for it. Mm. Um, so definitely get yourself on the gym floor, get yourself talking to people and be be prepared for a lot of, of your free time to not be paid. Um, we do a lot of programming and stuff and we do charge hourly when we do PT, but that doesn't take into account time programming and everything else. So do keep that in mind. It's not just, you know, just the hours done, there, finished. There is other time for it as well, but definitely if you're interested and just jump in, do it. Mm. Well, Connor. I think that wraps us up quite nicely. Absolutely. It's been a pleasure, as always. Thank you. You stringed together many sentences, and I'm very proud of you. Yeah, you know what I'm like on a Sunday morning. Uh, <laughs> morning as well. Um, no caffeine has entered the bloodstream just yet, and it's oh, a yeah. Sunday, so I should be in church really uh, <laughs> We are in the glorious house of games. Yeah, the house of games. That's, yeah. it. That's all I want for Christmas as well. It's coming up soon. God, three crazy. months, mate. Three months, but no. Well, done. good job, mate. Thanks for giving us some insight into the life of uh, of Baby Connor. Connor. 
Thank you very much. And uh, thanks for listening, uh, everyone who's still with us. We are 47 minutes in. So wow. We've lasted this long. Thank you. Please share our podcast with uh, a friend that might like to listen to it. There'll be many more episodes. Um, I think we've got a few more guests in the in the lineup. Um, you so, think? Well, I mean, I know. We um, know. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, thanks for listening. I have been Chloe. I've been Will. And I've been Big Connor. Big Connor. Big Connor. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye.